0: Sunday. It doesn't quite have the same ring to it as Super Bowl Sunday, but I do hope to get there one day. In fact, I encourage all of you to continue spreading the word to help us grow the community. And just so you know, I haven't forgotten about some of the things I've been promising lately. I am still working on booking some future interview guests. And for those of you attending the Forbidden Door event next month, I'd love to hear your thoughts and see some pics from the show, so please post them up in the group. Now then, on to business. This is a pretty big weekend for wrestling fans. Summer is just around the corner, and what better way to ease ourselves into it than a weekend spent entirely indoors. Now, I was planning to skip this week's episode and just review three shows next week, but I think it's far too big to split them up. So I'm going to get into my thoughts on the WWE Night of Champions event, which took place yesterday afternoon in Saudi. And then tonight is the AEW Double or Nothing and NXT Battleground shows going head to head. The New Japan Best of the Super Juniors tournament is also about to wrap up tonight with the final set between Master Wado and Titan, and then it's on to Dominion next weekend. Wrestling fans were also treated to a tremendous Impact Under Siege event. I think it may actually create stiff competition for WWE Backlash as show of the year thus far. The tag title match and X-Division title match were about as excellent as I expected. It was the subculture team of Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster of NXT UK fame, challenging the ABC of the Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay for the tag straps, and then Chris Sabin and Trey Miguel had a tremendous in-ring contest for the X Division title, which looks to be far from over. I also really liked the knockout title match between Diana Purrazzo and Jordan Grace, and it appears that Grace may now be done with impact. Where she ends up is anyone's guess, but she told me when I interviewed her before Bound for Glory last year that she'd love to face either Jade Cargill or Rhea Ripley, and I'd be down to see either match. There were even matches on the card that I was not expecting to like as much as I did. I feel like the addition of Jake Chris to the six-man tag between Violent by Design and Rich Swann and Sammy Callahan helped the match a great deal. Trinity had a half-decent plus special debut against Giselle Shaw— The six-man contenders match was also really good, and it looks like Alex Shelley is next in line for a title match, and even the main event was outstanding. I think I've officially turned the corner on Steve Macklin. I hated this guy as recently as last week, but he really impressed me with this match, and his character reminds me of when Triple H first won the title in WWE and did the whole My Time gimmick. I love that Macklin has developed more of a mean streak and appears a lot more sadistic. That said, I'm not sure why Bully Ray needs to be part of this angle, but I'm assuming he will branch off into a singles program with PCO, possibly culminating in Monster's Ball at Slammiversary, while Macklin will either put the belt on the line in King of the Mountain, or maybe we get the singles main event with him and Nick Aldis, while Alex Shelley will probably get either get his shot at the next Plus Special or even on TV. I'm actually a little torn as to what to do with Aldis. Let's say Josh Alexander is back in time for Bound for Glory, I think an Alexander vs. Aldis match is more marquee, but then the Alexander and Maquin program is the better story. They could always do the triple threat, but I've never really been a fan of three-way main events on such big shows. Moving along, and speaking of big shows, the WWE Night of Champions event just concluded less than 24 hours ago, and it was a good one, though I didn't think it was as good as some of their previous PLEs, but to be fair, the bar has been raised pretty high. Let's get into it. The opening video was narrated by Triple H, and there was a heavy emphasis placed on the triple main event. I think I would have liked to see more of a compilation of famous promos or moments of former champions just to get the theme over. The main card got underway with the crowning of a new champion. It was the tournament finals to determine the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion contested between AJ Styles, a SmackDown guy, and Seth Rollins, with the winner being the Raw brand champion. I kind of knew what result to expect here, as they've already teased a couple of programs for AJ over on the blue brand, so I knew he wasn't going anywhere, although the draft doesn't carry much meaning anyway. The announcers noted that this was the first one-on-one meeting between these two guys in four years, which coincidentally was also for a Raw brand world title. Actually, you know I badmouth Michael Cole a lot, and in most cases rightfully so, I still think he's one of the worst of all time and a poor man's JR, but for some reason his commentary was on point yesterday. I know it kind of seems like an underhanded compliment, but not bad. And this match was slightly better than the one I remember these two having in 2019, although I still kind of expected better from them. I said in the SNME Facebook thread that these two guys and Brian Danielson are three of the best of the modern era, and I truly believe that. After a bit of a feeling-out process in the early stages, Rollins hit a nasty-looking reverse superplex and then sprung right back to his feet, taking AJ with him into an elevated reverse DDT. That move could have ended very badly, which just proves my point that these are two of the best in the world. AJ came back with a brain buster on the ring apron, and then Rollins attacked with a tope to the floor, but looked to have tweaked his knee on the landing. Seth is just so good at what he does that I actually believed he was hurt and might have actually been, who knows. AJ capitalized on the weakened knee and went right into the calf crusher, which was a brilliant move in terms of wrestling psychology. And Rollins once again displayed some tremendous selling while in this move. AJ actually delivered a pedigree out of Rollins' and his mentor's playbook. He then tried for the phenomenal forearm, but Seth caught him with a super kick, which is exactly what led to Logan Paul's downfall and mania. Rollins tried going for the stomp, but his knee gave out on him, and then AJ went right back into the calf crutcher, but this time Rollins rolled through it and hit a pedigree of his own. He followed that up with a stomp to finally put Styles away, and Rollins is the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I think this was the right call. And then Triple H joined Seth in the ring and played the role of Dana White by placing the title around Seth's waist. We then go to the back where doctors are checking on the injured arm of Cody Rhodes. The Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch dream match is up next. Becky immediately lands a right hand, which drops Trish to the canvas. Trish then retreats to the floor, and Becky follows her out, only for Trish to take advantage and whip Becky into the ring steps. Becky's outfit kind of made her look like a cross between Jean Grey and x Men and the bride from Kill Bill. I loved it. And Stratus also had the words, Thank you, Trish, printed on her outfit. I love this attention to detail. Becky made her comeback later in the match, but then Trish executed a head scissor through the ropes to the outside, sending Becky face-first into the ring post. Becky actually did color at one point, and I didn't see where that was from, but it might have been from this spot. As Trish had the advantage, she started getting cocky, talking trash and paint-brushing Becky, who was down. Eventually, Becky had enough and pulled Trish into the disarm her. Trish managed to reach the ropes, but Becky hit the manhandle slam also too close to the ropes, so Trish got out of that one as well. The fight spills to the floor, and Trish actually tried to escape under the ring, but Becky pulled her out and forced her back in. As Trish had the ref distracted, Zoe Stark suddenly emerged from under the ring and delivered the Z360 to Becky and then tossed her back into the ring, where Trish hit the stratus faction to get the win. I like the finish, because too often do we see these legends brought in just to lose and it becomes too predictable and also devalues them as performers. So it doesn't mean as much when you actually beat them. Plus, they did it in such a way where Becky is still kept strong, and it took two people to beat her. And they also created a new program coming out of this and established Zoe Stark as a top heel with this one match. I'm now interested to see where this goes. I don't know what they aired on Peacock, but for us network users, they then aired this tremendous video package on Ali with him walking through the streets of Saudi and embracing his roots. Why this was not shown on TV is beyond me. It might have made people care about this next match. And it was Ali vs. Gunther for the intercontinental title. I hope none of you bet any money on Ali, though if he won, you'd probably have cleaned up. I was kind of disappointed with the booking here. I expected the same kind of thing we got for Zelina in Puerto Rico, but it was almost the opposite. I feel like they never really let Ali have his moment, or even tried to establish him as a hometown favorite. Even during his entrance, he did come out wearing a keffiyeh, but they then went right into Gunther's entrance and didn't let the moment breathe like they did last month. It was almost as if they were focused more on putting Gunther over as a heel, rather than focusing on Ali as the hometown hero. Ali attacked Gunther's legs in the early stages and played a little cat and mouse, but was eventually caught, and then Gunther dominated the next five or so minutes. Ali did hit a 450 splash at one point as the one hope spot of the match, and then went for another, but Gunther moved. Ali dropped and rolled, but ate a vicious drop kick on his way back up, and then Gunther put him away with a powerbomb to keep the title. I think Gunther is 1,000% going to break Honky Tonk Man's record, and I think he will also be world champion by the end of the year. You heard it here first. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are shown in the back. KO says he's sick and tired of hearing about and thinking about Roman Reigns, and tonight they end all of that. He tries his best to motivate Sami. Bianca Belair versus Asuka is up next for the Raw women's title, which for some reason is still on SmackDown. This actually seems dumber than that lame switcheroo they do every year. The crowd was not into this one at all, and honestly, neither was I. Let's put it this way. In the ring, it was a much better match than Zelina Vega versus Rio Ripley, but I was far more entertained by that match, and the crowd made a world of difference. This one just fell flat, and it wasn't even a bad match. Asuka did utilize more heel tactics in this one and started to embrace her new character. She was grabbing at Bianca's braid and working a dirtier style. The basic finish came when Asuka retreated to the apron as the ref was tied up with Bianca, so Asuka sprays the blue mist into her own hand. And then when Bianca tried for the KOD, Asuka rubbed the mist all over Bianca's eyes and face, temporarily blinding her, and then hit a kick to the back of Bianca's neck to pick up the win, and we have a brand new Raw champion on SmackDown. On a night like this, you had to have at least one title change, and I think this should have been it. It was kind of a creative finish, but I didn't care for the fact that it only took one kick to beat Bianca. But it looks like this one will continue, and I think Bianca will eventually get the belt back, probably at SummerSlam, and then they can start to build toward Bianca versus Charlotte at Mania. The other women's title match was up next, but I think it may have been the loosest definition of the word match. It was Rhea Ripley accompanied by Dominic Mysterio defending against Natalia. This match was clearly just filler. Dominic basically distracted Natty, allowing Rhea to attack her from behind. Rhea follows Natty to the floor and whips her into the steps and then back into the ring, hit the riptide, and that was all she wrote. So if you were going to take a bathroom break during this event, this would have been the match to do it. Byron Saxton interviews the new WWE world champion Seth Rollins. This was clearly a pre-tape as Rollins apparently left right after the match to continue filming in Hollywood for the new Captain America movie. There really wasn't much to this interview anyway. Rollins basically says that he's going to be on Raw Monday and then spits out a bunch of catchphrases. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar is second from the top. Cody initially tries to keep his injured arm at a distance from Brock, but Brock eventually catches him and tosses Cody around the ring with belly-to-belly suplexes. Cody then hits Brock square in the face with the cast, which the announcers noted was legal as it's part of Cody's attire. Cody delivers the disaster kick followed by the Cody cutter and then crossroads. He hits two of them, in fact, and goes for a third, but Brock spins out of it and applies the Kimura. Cody is trapped in the move for an extended period of time and eventually ends up making the ropes. His selling was tremendous throughout. Brock then loads up for the F5, but Cody counters and hits crossroads only for Brock to kick out. Cody tries to use the cast again, but Brock catches him and hits the F5 for two. Lesnar then reapplies the Kimura in an even worse spot for Cody, and Cody hangs on for as long as he can, but eventually fades and the ref calls it. I think this was the best outcome, as it keeps both guys looking strong and provides a reason for the feud to continue. I think we may get a Hell in a Cell match at some point, possibly at SummerSlam. That leads into the main event for the Undisputed Tag Team titles, with Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa challenging Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Sami comes out wearing a thobe, and does the intro for his team in what I believe was Arabic. Despite the fact that Zayn was banned from entering the country for so long due to his Syrian ancestry, the crowd seemed to welcome him with open arms. It looked like Roman was going to start for his team against Sammy. They circled each other for a bit until Reigns tagged out, earning himself a chorus of boos. This was brilliant. The babyface team had the advantage on Solo until Reigns came in and landed a cheap shot on Sammy. The heels had Zayn isolated in their corner for the next little while until K.O. eventually made the hot tag. He delivered a senton backsplash to Reigns on the floor, and then back in the ring he hit a stunner, but Roman bounced off the ropes and rebounded with a spear. Tags are made on each side. Sammy hit a huluva kick on Solo, but Roman broke the pin attempt. Roman then accidentally speared the ref, aiming for Sammy. Sammy then hit his own version of the Superman punch and went for the huluva kick, but Roman charged at him with a Superman punch of his own. KO then placed Roman on the announce table, at which point the Usos came down. They flipped the table over on Owens and then drilled Zayn with super kicks in the ring. They set up for a double super kick, but Zayn avoided contact, and they accidentally nailed their brother Solo. Roman then gets in the ring and starts chewing them out. He gets in Jay's face and starts pie facing him, but then Jimmy has had enough and blasts Roman with a super kick, dropping him to his knees. Jay then tries to talk his brother down, but Jimmy shoves him away and plants another super kick to the side of Roman's face. Jimmy then leads Jay right back up the entranceway as KO hits a stunner on Solo, and Sammy follows that with a halluva kick to finally put him away and keep the titles. I love this, and I love that WWE has been more focused on moments at these shows rather than just matches. These are the things that will be remembered. They always seem to end these shows on a high note while leaving the audience wanting more, and now we have a new development in the story and are curious to see where it goes. Tremendous booking. So that's it for another week. More reviews to come next week as I talk all about AEW Double or Nothing and NXT Battleground. Until then, it's ABCA.